Hello, and welcome to another Saturday night. Um, I know there's plenty of things that you guys could be doing on this nice, sweltering, hot night, but I really appreciate you joining us tonight as we uh, welcome a couple of people from the local chapter of MUFON, that's M-U-F-O-N, uh, Mutual UFO Network. And uh, forgive me if I'm stuttering over my words a little bit and kind of a little... Uh, been taking cold medicine, so it's been making me a little spacey, which kind of ties in with tonight's show, does it not? <laughs> so, Matt, nice to see that you're here, as you generally are 99% of the time, and I want to thank you for getting the people on my bus to do a nice rendition of Wheels on the Bus Go Round and Round. I really appreciated that today. I mean, definitely made the day go by quicker, <laughs> but uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, so what we are here for tonight, if you'll take a moment and click like, is to uh, kind of learn a little bit about um, MUFON, which is a worldwide organization with many chapters. Um, and tonight we have the Northwestern chapter, like Gary uh, Warren and such, of the, of the group. So without further ado... I will uh, welcome them aboard. Hello, guys. Hello, how are you? Oh, a little under the weather, but other than that, I'm doing good. Can you believe this heat? Yeah, it's, uh, it was like uh, 95 here today or something like that. I don't know. I yeah. saw I saw a robin taking a worm out of the ground with potholders. That's how <laughs> hot here today. Oh, no. um, yeah, I definitely could see that. Um, if you'll take a moment to introduce yourselves while I grab a drink of water. Okay. okay. Well, my name is Fred Lane, and I'm the state section director for MUFON and lead investigator and member of the STAR team. And this is my wife, Kathy, or my partner. And, uh, Kath? Hello. Uh, I'm a retired elementary teacher and principal, and we've been in MUFON since 20. 17 and we've been investigating uh ufo sightings since that time oh but she also met she also was a scout for major league baseball she so she mentioned she never wants to mention that but she was I, oh you're serious yes yeah I'm very serious <laughs> and her 35 dollars a game <laughs> modest on top of it huh <laughs> nice well we might touch on that later. I never know. Our, my uh, live streams go a little bit of everywhere. <laughs> um, Matt's welcoming you guys to the show. Thank I don't you, know Matt. If you can see the chat. Hmm. Can you see the chat to your no, left or to your right? Can't um, see anything on. I can see the square, but I don't see any chat. If you go to the top right, it should say comments. Okay. It was on private chat. Okay, got there comments. Go. Yes. Now you should be able to see them, right? Yes. Um, I'll try to pull the chat or the questions if there's any that pops up. Um, okay. Uh, some I will highlight, like like Matt saying hi. Others, if I might miss, feel free to answer anything that you see. Okay. So, okay. Um, well, thanks, I, Matt. We're, I really, we're glad to be here and hopefully share some information about MUFON in general and what we do as investigators. And well, I really appreciate you guys um, answering me and getting back hold of me. And oh, well, we're, we're looking forward to it. Uh, we might even cover, hopefully we'll cover a couple of cases. 
and, and yeah, tell you about them. And we'll also give your listeners a um, little bi a, a bibliography of books that they can, uh, if they're interested, can uh, find and read and uh, uh, maybe understand a little bit more about what we deal with. A summer reading list, right? Yes. <laughs> Comes from the teacher, you know. <laughs> you think we'll get a? You think we'll get a pizza from Pizza Hut for that? <laughs> Maybe. Book it. You remember that stuff? Book it. I do remember yeah. giving the kids that. Boy, they used to read to get those pizzas. Oh, I remember eating a few pizzas myself for that. <laughs> so, uh, what got you guys interested in joining the group? Well, I started out in the fourth grade when uh, at a Catholic school when we we had this little library in the back, all the classrooms did. You take a book out and you know. And for some reason, they had a book on UFOs there, and I read it, and I was just absolutely enthralled. So the next week, I took it out again and again and again, and we got near the end of the year, and I, I took it home. I stole it. I don't know what the fine is on that now, but I'm sure I can't afford it. And that's how kind I got into it. And then we had the sighting on the peninsula, which if you want, we'll go into that. But um, in, that, 1966. In, in 1966. 1966. And I was, in, uh, I was a junior, so I was I 16 so, yeah. years old. And I live right across from the peninsula on the Lighthouse Bluff. And I happened to just walk up there, and it was around 9.30 or so, and I saw this red dot, like an M&M &M that you hold at arm's length over the peninsula. And then um, a few minutes later, a jet came over, and it got about halfway there, and this thing just went boop and was gone. And I was kind of hooked on it after that, but there wasn't much to read back then here in Erie, Pennsylvania. I mean, at the no, time, there were three television stations, so... You know, those kind of things you need to go to the library. They really didn't have anything like that. And then, you know, you just kind of let it go. And then um, uh, through programs we were doing for some inner city kids, we met uh, Robin Swope, who uh, was big into UFOs and, and some of the mysterious things. And we had a chat. And he says, you know, why don't you get down to the MUFON conference in Pittsburgh? And we said, okay. And we did. And we went down there and I looked at Kathy and I said, well, we can do this better up in Erie. And that's basically how we kind of got started. And then we both joined MUFON and became investigators. And then we also worked on their um, uh, experiencer team. Those are people who uh, feel they've been abducted. Okay. So you got quite the extensive uh, knowledge in, within the group. Um, yeah. we, well, we've experienced a lot of it ourselves. Yeah, working with them and that. So. Now, you, uh, you joined Kathleen because... Of your husband? Because he did. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was something we could do together. So, and, you uh, know, there's there's definitely nice nights where you can be out and checking things out and such. We are always, we only live about six blocks from the lake. Oh, nice. So we are always down there just watching the skies. That way, we'll know what's up there. And like the, the satellites that go over, we know that that's what it is. I've got apps on my phone that tell me that. Um, Station's the space station's going over. A lot of times we'll get reports. Oh, we saw something moving this way at this time. I can check it, and we know that, yeah, it's the space station. So SpaceX. SpaceX. So, that's, a, that's one we get a lot now. So you guys keep a pretty good close eye on satellites. We and, do. Yes. And what, what, and what planets are out and all that. <laughs> you can, it's, it's real easy to get fooled, especially at night. We had a, a case where a woman said this UFO followed her and she went to, was it Walmart? And she went in and the thing was still up in the sky. <laughs> and, it, and, and of course, we when we looked into it, it was the planet Venus. Oh. 
and and you know that's a very bright object in the sky. So it you know, often, often it's 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 reported as a UFO, and actually it's it's really not. So uh, that, that's okay. a regular occurrence for Venus. Whoa! Sorry, motorcycles <laughs> going by. It happens. Um, what was your question? Sometimes boats. I'll be sitting and I'll hear little trolling boats go by. It's like ah, uh, but uh, oh yeah. But uh, I said Venus gets mistaken a lot for UFO activity. Venus, does, yes, yeah. because it is so bright in the sky. Uh, it does get uh, mistaken for some object. Because if you stare at even a planet or a star for a length of time, your eyes lose focus. And you can swear that it moved. And they say it was jumping around. It's happened to us when we first started investigating. We were watching this star that we ended up identifying as a star. We swore it went up and down. <laughs> Sorry. Never failed, right? <laughs> Hang on a second. I'm going to try and close You're good. Uh, I'll answer this real quick. So Matt, if your uh, if your company Matt would do something more for reading, we would right. probably mention them. He's uh he works for Domino's is uh, oh, okay. that's oh, why okay. he's bringing that's that up about Pizza Hut. <laughs> okay, it said he was at work. I saw that, but uh, we well, do, you know what the star we, the star that we got fooled by is oh. is, is called Capella, mm -hmm. and it's actually four stars. There's two uh, yellow stars like our sun. But one is two and a half times bigger, the other one three and a half times bigger, and they orbit each other. There's other two other stars that are red dwarfs, and they orbit each other, and the two pairs orbit each other. So when you're looking at it, all of a sudden this thing is changing shape it looks and like license, it's right. you know? And you and and we got fooled. I mean, we just got fooled. Of course, this was our first time, but we got fooled, and it's easy to do. It's easy to get fooled. Especially if you don't get to be, see it outside very much, you know. If you're right. in the city and such, you get all that ambient light that um, once you step outside of the city, you see so much more. Right, right. And down at the lake, there there still is ambient light where we go, but not as much as right downtown by any means. Okay. Matt wanted to know about reading material. Okay. We do have three authors locally well, this one's not local, but we're good friends with it. Start well, with sure. this one. Well, I'm going to start with this one. And this is a diary of secrets, UFO conspiracies, the mystery death of Marilyn Monroe. Okay. And this book is by Nick Redfern from the Ancient Aliens show. And um, it's, Nick is an incredible writer. He's very prolific. He's written books on UFOs and zombies and ghosts. All kinds of all cryptids. All kinds of cryptids and stuff. And um, he's a, um, his, his books are are easy reading. You know, some of these books that you read every you know third page, you got to run to the dictionary and find out what that word meant or this word meant. And that's not how he writes. He writes a very in an easy style. Yeah. I would want to say. And also, Nick became very good. For, we became very good friends with Nick, and um, he is just one of the most wonderful people that are walking this planet. And yeah. we would recommend this book. And the other book we would recommend are The Martians. By him. By him. The Martians but by him. That's N I C K, Red R E D N I C K, yes, Redfern, R E D F E R N, okay. and all his books can be found on Amazon. Amazon. 
Yep. You can order off of Amazon. Okay. Uh, another one, and this gentleman is from Greensburg, Pennsylvania, uh, Stan Gordon. Same he order. is very much into uh, Bigfoot oh. investigation and UFOs, but focuses a lot on um, on Bigfoot. This one's called Re uh, Really Mysterious Pennsylvania. Hmm. And, and he, he's got another one about silent invasion. His books also can be found on Amazon. And Silent Invasion has a lot to do with Skinwalker Ranch. And I don't know right. if you follow, are following that or not. I, I've heard of it several times in several different locations. I need to take the time to, to look it up. If yes. you can look at there's a current TV show about it. It's in season two. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether you can what kind of cable you have down there, whether you can go backwards and see previous seasons of oh, anything. I'm, I'm sure. What's the name of the show? The Secret of Skinwalker, Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Ranch. Okay. Yeah, I'm uh -huh. sure I'll be able to find it. I got uh -huh. all the streaming services and such. I should be able uh -huh. to find it. And, and uh, I, I think Lee here is trying to be a little uh, humorous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, oh, yeah. Quite actually, a few years ago that came about. Yeah, huh? yeah Lee, it's actually in our backyard. Stan Gordon, uh, if you want, uh, we'll, we'll have him contact you or you can contact him because he'd be willing to do the show. He's a great guest. Great guest. Oh, Nick, nice. Redford, Nick Redford, if you would like to talk to him some night, we'll try to get him. I don't know about that. We you can know, give you his contact but, but we can give you his contact information. Sounds you know, great. And you can use our name. Uh, and, and one second, guys. Hey, okay. Lee, Lee, if you'll describe what you saw, that would yeah. be great. And I'll put it up on the screen in reference to this. Describe what you saw and such and details, and we'll put it up. And this is Matt's. What okay. equipment do you like to use, and what would you recommend for new investigators? Uh, we'll get on that in just a second. Okay. Um, forgive me for coughing and all that. Like I said, I've been fighting a oh, cold for a couple right. days. Cough <laughs> yeah, away. Well, I don't try to drink as much water. Either. Well, I try to drink water, but I yeah. try not to be constantly drinking on the show. But I suppose water is better than beer, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um. So, well, he's, well, he's typing. Get, there was one other author, if you want to hear quickly. Sure. Uh, Robin Swope, S W O P E. Uh, when he was in, in this one's about Erie. It's called Erie, Erie. Oh, and uh, it's got tales of the unexplained from northwestern Pennsylvania. Okay. And so his, his name is Robin Swope, S W O P E. When he was in Erie, he was known as the paranormal pastor. Oh, really? <laughs> he is a uh, ordained minister. And he is he's a he's another guy to be a very good guest. Is he alive he's still? Oh yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. Yeah. All the authors still alive? Yes. Oh yes. Yep. Yeah. I mean we do have equipment to reach out to those that's passed on. But I don't think they're <laughs> right. They're gonna jump on a show for anything though. <laughs> are, you, are you familiar with the Stanton, the name Stanton Friedman? No. Stanton um, Friedman was a nuclear physicist, and uh, he was one of the, the premier investigators of um, uh, aerial phenomena. And when he was at our, our uh, conference, 
the next day was three hours till his plane left, so we brought him over to our house and we sat on the couch. I'll give you two guesses what we talked about. Uh, M&M's and uh, licorice. No, close. close. Baseball and <laughs> education. education. Baseball Never, and education. Mentioned Never mentioned UFOs. Yeah, you know, sometimes I think people uh, expect when you're in the field to, uh, that's all you want to talk about. When right. in reality, you kind of get bored with it and you just want to talk about other stuff. Or the other side is you always want to talk about it and people are tired of listening to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Nick, Nick Redford is another really great guy. We were at a conference and uh, the conference for that day was over. And, uh, and we had bought a bottle of wine and I, he says, well, let's go up to my room and drink it. And so we we went down to um, we went down to uh, up to his room and we sat there and just you know drank a bottle of wine and just shot the breeze for about an hour and a half. It sounds like you had a blast. Yeah, um, and like I said, he's a he's just an incredible man. Um, our granddaughter is a um, very shy, and about three years ago, we took her down to Mothman, and she wanted to interview Nick, and she asked him if she could interview. Him. He's sitting there, you know, signing books and selling books. And he said, excuse me, people. And he took her and talked to her for 15 minutes and didn't bother wow. about the people were there. Yeah, yeah. And, and he really changed her, you know. And he's really just a, a marvelous guy. And if you can get him on the show, you won't be disappointed. Well, I'm always open to uh, to anybody within any kind of paranormal field. Um, that's for sure. And Matt's saying he's ordained. Oh, yeah, I did see that, yes. Um happy joy i had an experience back home in aerial phenomenon uh unless i'm saying that wrong no, must be careful too must be careful too well, i can imagine um like in the the ghost hunting side of things we you know we really have to be careful and i imagine um what what's some of the precautions you would advise for people in the ufo field um well, really, for our investigation, we haven't had any cases that have had actual physical evidence. It's all just photographs and um, interviews and such. Uh, if we would have a case like that, we have a bag packed up with um, the gloves and um, sample sample to take samples and that, and we'd be very careful with anything that we handled. But we haven't had any of that type of case to handle yet. Would you like that kind of case? Oh, uh, it would, yeah, it would be interesting. Yeah. We'd, we'd be out there. We are on the STAR team. Now, the STAR team is the group that, if there was a very big sighting, which actually proved that landed and there was remains and stuff or, you know, evidence of um, any kind of fluids or anything like that or radioactivity, we'd be called, if it was in our general area, we'd be called to help. There, there are people above us, more experienced investigators, but we would be called in to help on that investigation. What would be the holy grail for you guys? Oh, wow. Um, to actually see... We've not seen a craft ourselves. We, we have had two experiences. One was just a red orb that watched it for a few seconds, maybe about 10 seconds, and then it blinked out. And then about a second or two later, showed back up quite a bit lower in that second. 
Oh, wow. And came back up and then blinked out again. So that was one that we had seen, but it was off in a distance. It was a red orb. It had no shape, just the round, horrid-looking. The other, the other one we saw were three white lights that came up over the trees down where we are. We were doing a sky watch, sky watch, and we watched this come up, and it kind of paused, and then it started moving southeast. And we watched it for I want to say again two minutes, maybe. Oh yeah. Because it was moving really slow. And it was moving against the wind, so we knew it wasn't a balloon. It had no red or green lights on it, so we knew it wasn't a plane. And the middle light kept pulsing and flashing. We tried wow. to take a picture of it. It would, and it would not it We would just not couldn't get a, get a picture, picture of it. And we watched it until we followed up until it got uh, to a point where we couldn't follow it anymore. And then we watched it, and then it just disappeared. But um, somebody on the lake had seen it, and he said it had come out of the water. And he estimated that, it to be about 60 feet long and maybe 30 feet wide. That would be called the SUFOs, right? Yes, yes. Submersible. The, the ocean, we've only explored about 5% of it. So it's a perfect place to hide if you want to observe mankind and, you know, just go down where you can't reach them. So it'd be, it would be a perfect place to hide. Yeah. No, yeah. That, that sounds so very true and interesting. But so for us, the Holy Grail, like you said, would, I mean, that was something, an actual object, not just an orb, but for us would probably be to see an actual craft, you know, yeah. and be able to say it was physical and. Actually, I want to see a craft so I can go, hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, <laughs> do you, you know, wonder that here from outer space or. He always says that he's not yeah. from this planet. Yeah, you know, when I do something physically and people can't believe that I did it, and I'd say, that's because I'm not from this planet. You know, <laughs> yeah. this, you know. Um, but uh, we're, when we go into an investigation, and we both believe that we've been visited for a very, very long time. But when we go into an investigation, we go into skeptics. And we, I don't know if you're familiar with Occam's Razor, which says yeah. that, you know, to go through all the possibilities and when you get to the last one, no matter how impossible it might seem, it's probably the right answer. Right. You know? So, and and that's the that's how we investigate a case. And that's how you, you can get caught up really, really easily in this. You know? That's how uh, Warren Airy Science Paranormal does our cases. We we go in with as you know we need to to disprove everything before we right. prove. Exactly. exactly. Eliminate any all the possibilities, and what's left, like Fred said, what's left is what it is. Now I know, and I have to compare you guys to the pair with a ghost hunting and such because I have no experience in, in UFO phenomenon, and so when we present evidence to a group, to a family or whatnot, they get kind of disappointed sometimes when we don't come and say oh yes you guys have the most craziest activity that we've ever seen yeah you guys find that stuff yeah oh, yeah they do yeah. we do get back to them and tell them what our finding was we've got a variety of ways that we do categorize whatever was seen and um you're right if it doesn't come back if our category doesn't end up as being unidentified and we say it was venus or one of the other satellites, or, you know, it was probably an aircraft. They do get, no, I know what I saw, you know, and 
there's nothing we can do about it. We've had one recently though that was so excited. Yeah, that's what I saw. Thank you. We really wonder what it was. And it was SpaceX satellites. The ones that are released by Elon Musk. Elon Musk's Musk. Musk. Starlink. And, and he he releases them like 60 at a time. Mm-hmm. And when they're in the lower atmosphere, they are very close together. When they get up into the upper atmosphere, that's when they spread out. And they appear as in that lower atmosphere as a string of pearls. You'll see one and then another one comes out and then another one comes out, appears and another one appears. And if you don't, I, we, we counted 20 some that day we saw them. It was amazing to watch them. And they look like a string of pearls. And when I said that to the gentleman, he said, that's it. Thank you so much for telling us what it was. We thought we were going nuts, you know, so. We had a case, we had a case that happened 46, seven years ago. And the guy never told anybody. And he had a near death experience and he wanted to get it off his chest. And he, he said he had to tell somebody. Somebody, yeah. He didn't, there was no way we could investigate that being that far back. Right. But, uh, and he didn't expect any answers. He just wanted it on record. So then it does get in, we filed the case and it does get put into MUFON records then as well, being a sighting. Well, I do find that sometimes it's just people telling me, even not going to their house to do anything about it, just just the, the telling of the of what they see or whatnot seems to help them more than if we went to their homes. Yeah. Are you are you familiar with the uh, uh, the ghost hunter James McCann? From this area, he this lives area? in the area. No, I, I don't think I am. Because we had him, we had when we first moved into this house. This is the house that my parents owns where I grew up. We had him come in and do a ghost uh, a reading a, or, or, or a, um, investigation. An investigation. Yeah. We stayed mm-hmm. at a motel. And then when he came, he came back, where well, there was some, there was some, just a one picture, one of their, one of their uh, investigators walking down the hallway, and over his head is this, this, I don't know what you'd call it, but it, it looks like smoke or something in his face, this garish yeah. face, in the, you know. And we've had a couple of instances of of um, things, doors slamming and things like that here. So we just, you know, we don't. But really once we it. had that, yeah, it, it stopped. It stops. Yeah. So really. Uh, we're getting a string of messages here. I'll throw okay. them up real quick, and then we'll answer, go through them. Here's the first one from Puerto Rico. Massive lights and safe movements, hoverings. In Puerto Rico, the lights, they do have a lot of activity. Yes, they do. In, in Puerto Rico, they have many sightings that are uh, documented. I do know that, yes. It says, yet many people talk about it, but something from time to time is visible, which catches attention. Right. That's right. So, you know, one time we were out on the beach and, uh, and we're again, we're watching this guy, and all of a sudden, this bright light comes on. And I mean, it's bright. And I looked at Kath and I said, no sound, nothing. I looked at Kath and go, Kath, you got your bags packed. We may be going on a trip here, you know. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and it got brighter. And finally, it turned just a bit and when it did that's when we could see the red and green lights on the wings and the wow. and it had it it turned on its landing lights is what it is we we're in a flight path for erie international airport <laughs> but coming straight on all you saw was this bright light and it came out of nowhere yeah. you couldn't see the plane it was nighttime you didn't see the plane it was far enough just away this that light we, we popped on it. 
if we couldn't hear it yet, right? Uh, military bases there. You get arrested for going to the area. What do you think? Seriously. Um, uh, we've been to the back gate of Area 51. No, I think he's talking about Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. In Puerto Rico. Um, I assume that's where. Um, I, yeah, and I assume that's what she was, well, Happy Joy was saying. Um, there are a lot of military bases. It could be, some of it could be experimental yeah. uh, aircraft yeah. for the military. Uh, if you if they want you out, not on the base, it could be to that, or it could just be that they have sensitive information, and or even for your, even for your own safety too. Sometimes exactly. we get ourselves yeah. in danger yeah. in a but, situation but it that it's possible that there's something experimental there. Yeah. So, which a lot of people think you know is happening in Area 51. You know, in for in the 60s and 70s. Even the 80s, it was saucers. And then all of a sudden, it became triangles. Well, are the triangles another race of beings that came here? Or is that us that had back-engineered? We can't make saucers do it, but we can make them do it. You know, it's, it's it gets crazy after a while. And you have to kind of step back and say, whoa, whoa wait a minute. What are we saying about this, you know? Well, um, let's, let's touch. Uh, we'll do this real quick. Matt's talking about your home investigation there with right. uh, with uh, what's the name of the gentleman again? James McCann. James McCann. James McCann out of Erie. Yes. Uh, um, a paper. It looked like a smoky mist. That's the only way I could describe it. He's talking about what was out over the investigator's shoulder. I'm assuming. I'm assuming so too. Yeah. So. Just kind of like a. Just kind of something there. Picture somewhere. Yeah, yeah. we've, we've got the picture. We've got the picture somewhere, but I'm not sure where it is. Area 51 is something else. Can't even. Speak I'll bring it. that up for you guys. Yes, you guys make sense. Thank you. Area 51 is something else. You can't even speak with people there. Um, you're welcome. Happy. Uh, yeah, and feel free. Even when this show isn't going on or whatever, it looks like you're messaging from Twitter. We are on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Um, feel free to send a message or whatever, and if I cannot find an answer for you, I'll do my best to uh, to get you in con contact with somebody that could. And Area 51, now, that's a touchy situation there. I, I think at one point, out of my personal view, is there was some stuff there, but I believe now they use it like as a smoke screen set up. Yeah, everybody's got their eyes on Area 51. Yeah, there's yeah. another place called Dugway. Yeah, there's that, a second site. And they've seen trucks go in there, go down the road, and then just disappear, which makes them think that a lot of that base is underground. Mm. We've got a picture of the back gate of Area 51. Kat, tell them the story. We <laughs> stopped at, you may have seen on TV sometime, the little alien. It's a little... The cafe there? Cafe, yeah, yeah. On the outskirts in what, what's the name of the, um, Pahrump? Uh, yes, Pahrump, Nevada. Pahrump, Nevada. And we stopped there. We were talking to the lady that was running it. And we said, is there really a way to get there? And she gave us the directions to look for the black mailbox down the road. <laughs> so we turned in there. It's a dirt road, probably three, four miles oh, long. At least, at least. And uh, so we're driving this dirt road dust 
flying up all over the place, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm paranoid. I'm watching out all my rearview mirrors. It's galloping stuff. paranoia, actually. <laughs> and nothing behind us coming. We were the only ones dusting there. So we got to the back gate. That sign is really there. It says, do not enter mm -hmm. under penalty of lethal force, lethal force and stuff like this. All it was was an empty guardhouse with an arm. This kind of thing. And, um, and um, so he's leaning out the car. I'm driving. He's leaning out the car, taking pictures of these signs and that. And I look behind us and I tell Fred, come on, we got to go. No, no, I want a couple more pictures. I says, no, we've got to go. The set's falling apart. Uh -oh. And I point behind them and there's this big white truck with two guys in it with like big football necks, you know. And we could see the big guns that were in the truck too. Mm. They came out of nowhere. We were watching. It's a dirt road. We would have seen the dust sure enough and yeah. um didn't so then we're going back up the, so we turn around we're heading out oh yeah back up the road and i'm watching watching i look in the rearview mirror and the truck's done hmm. so we our philosophy or our thoughts were it came up from somewhere and went back down like an elevator type thing That's this is what i don't know whether you can see this or not that's what the back gate looks like. Okay. Yeah, we can make just, it out a little bit. Just an empty. You wouldn't think nothing. Of it. House. Yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't. I would not even. I would not even think about just stepping across that barge across the road. <laughs> you know. Um, uh, yeah, they probably so had eyes. They probably had eyes on you as soon as you turned. As soon as we out. hit that dirt road. Yeah, I'm Absolutely. sure. And they might even, and this is probably not probable. You're probably right, probably some kind of elevator or something. But, or they had a screen that reflects lights and such, and they just step, stepped yeah. out from behind that. Stepped out from behind it. That's yeah. a possibility. I didn't even think of that. No, yeah. I did not think of that. I was, I, the first thing that came to my mind was some kind of device to lower and raise them yeah. from underground. The first thought in my mind was, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> I, I don't do well in prison. <laughs> yeah, or shot. <laughs> uh, I I kind of had a experience, not so much for the paranormal side of things or anything, but I used to be an overroad truck driver, and I pulled up to the wrong gate on a military base, and oh boy, it was less than a minute, and I was surrounded with guys with guns and local police and all that telling me you're at the wrong spot. <laughs> like, I'm gladly move. <laughs> Uh, Matt asked if we had a raised uh, AMF recording. I, I'm not sure. That was, yeah, I know. That that was so many years ago. 11 years ago or so, yeah. 11, 12 years, and I can't remember whether he said that there was a raised EMF or not. And we don't use an EMF when. Um, he also then asked, speaking of EMF, right, notice high EMF during any sightings. We didn't have a way at the time when we had the sighting to measure that. Right. A lot of times just field work, right? Just field investment. Uh, right. Right. And no problem, Happy. Um, and that goes for anybody that's watching. Uh, reach out to me and I'll do our best to get, get you connected with the right people if we don't have the answers for you.
You know, so, if, if anybody wants to become an investigator, and I'll show you. This let's is go the down that step. I okay. was about to say, this is somebody's the watching the show. They're watching the show. They say, hey, this sounds like fun. Um, what's the very first steps that they need to do? First step would be to join MUFON. And you can do that on the website, MUFON.com. Uh, the basic, MUFON.com. The basic um, joining fee is only $60 per year. It's an annual um, fee. So the basic, there are, and then there are two other levels. You get more for your bank, more bang for your buck at the two upper levels. But the basic membership is only $60. After you've joined and decide you really are into it and would like to um, be, become an investigator, first things to do to, to reach out to either your state director or even section director and they can put you on the right path and tell you what's necessary. And what is necessary is you'd have to purchase, there's an online version or a hard copy version. I'm a hard copy person. So we, we ordered and got the book. It's, no, turn it sideways so they can see. There you go. <laughs> so it's about 200 pages long uh, in different things or everything you can think of is covered in there. You study the manual and then you take a hundred question multiple choice test and now it's when we had it it was hard copy that's how long ago it was <laughs> and um now it's online and you have to pass it with an 80 percent and okay. not but it's open book open you book. can even you can use the but you'd have to have studied it first to even know where to look for the answers in the book um and believe it or not not everybody passes it the first time you can take it up to three times and um, now what happens after the third time then it, you can still try but they make you wait three months to see okay. whether you really are serious about it restudy the book and then you can try it again in three months okay, okay. now let's go to the price now you mentioned a couple prices there now okay. i'd like to point out because we had the conversation yesterday the day before and um it might sound a little high to some people but a lot of that money goes into the printing of the material. Right. Um, also, you guys do things like if you're hosting an event somewhere, some of the money goes towards the local towns or cities where you're at, right? Right. When, yeah. So it's not like it's lining the CEO of MUFON's pocket and they're having no, a lot of not at all. Off you guys. In fact, I believe there are three paid staff. The, the director does get some, some, some sense, sure and I think there's two office staff. Nice, and, right. and that's it. And it is a nonprofit organization, right? So, um, like when we do our conferences up here in Erie, we always um, make it a, a charitable event. So we help a local charity, and uh, so far we've raised about twelve thousand dollars in, wow. in four events for um, for charity. Wow! Nice. Well, I will be first say, don't let this little bit of money uh, hold you back for a lifetime of interesting fun. If there's when, something, if you're really interested in it, yeah. yes. Right. Because, I mean, we spend like 100 bucks on coffee a month, right? <laughs> if you go uh, to Starbucks, you spend more than that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if this coffee isn't strong enough to wake up my relatives, 
I don't drink it. <laughs> you need a, a spoon that sticks in it, right? <laughs> Stands up straight in your cup. Yeah. So yeah. okay, the, the spoon uh, actually they, goes get off of me. Okay. <laughs> so they uh, they go through the test. They pass the test. Right, and then um, they would if if say it was in the Erie area. This person wanted to uh, become an investigator. Then the next case we would get, we would bring them in on it and guide them as to how the process gets. It's a lot of online paperwork okay, and um, forms to fill out and such to actually at the very end to actually enter it. And we, we, they suggest cold calling the witness. We, we get the reference referral in the, in an email and, um, I don't always like that. I like sending out an email first, making contact. But you're yeah. supposed to reach out to the person at least three times to try and get a response from them. Now, not everybody responds to us. A lot yeah. of people, like you had said before, just reporting it was good enough for them to, to get it out there and have it put into a record. Right. So if we don't hear from them, we can still categorize it if we're a hundred percent sure of what it was after we do, we still research it with the information they provided without a person, personal interview. And um, if we think we can actually categorize it as say being Venus, we can close it as a natural phenomena. So it um, moves pretty quickly through the caseload. Yeah. So if we, if we can't, if there's not enough information, that's a category. <laughs> you know, it was right. reported, but not enough information was given to even research it well enough to figure out what it might have been. You know, one thing that we did uh, when we first started was we, where we are, uh, <laughs> the police come down and they patrol, and they'd see us out there, and we've got a telescope that we see the rings of Saturn, okay? It's really cool. And then we'd come over nice. and, we'd, and we'd always give them our card and we'd talk to them and and then there's another place where they just kind of sit. And if they're sitting there, we go over there and say, hey, officer, everything okay? You working? So we reached out to the police department because they're out there all the time. We're not. And of right. course, we guarantee you know, anonymity. So if they do report something, it'll never appear that, you know, that there were any police officer in that. Because, you know, people will tease you and give you all sorts of nonsense. But that's one of the things we did. And we also reached out to some of the firemen because, again, you know, they're out there. And um, a lot of, of, of uh, investigators, why did you do that? It's because we're only two people and there's 160 of them. Right, right. You know, and so we try to work smart rather and than hard. Networking goes a long way. It sure does. It sure does. You'd be surprised how many times you could get details that you wouldn't have if you weren't networking. Right, right. I agree with that. Now, one of the questions. I just saw that, yeah. Have you ever investigated with a paranormal team or got called in by a paranormal team? Um, we've never gotten called in. I did reach out to, to someone one time. We had a case because she didn't know where else to report it, I believe. She captured orbs on her ring cam her doorbell uh, camera right. and it was 
they were very strange. She was, she sent me the video of it, you know, the, the feed from it. And it was very interesting. And I did pass it on to someone who had in Erie that has done some investigation, paranormal investigation. And she found it interesting, but she, she couldn't say what it was. And so, but and I did reach out to someone that way because I couldn't tell what it was. They were wonderful little white orb or, you know, smoky white orbs. And they moved in different directions. It happened twice. And some would float up this way and then out of the screen, out of view. And some of them would float up the other way and out of view. And they were they were strange, but very interesting. And she says it didn't creep her out or anything. She just found them very interesting. She wasn't afraid of them or anything. You know, I can tell you something. I can tell you a story that would creep you out. We, when we were doing the experience <laughs> case, those are people who had been abducted. There was a woman. She'd been abducted since she was, I believe, 14 years old, I think it was. And um, she finally, she had, she was like 35. She really just hated this, terrified of this. So she found a house with a room with no windows. And she put a very heavy lock on the door, the inside door, and that's where she slept. Wow. And um, things went along pretty well for about two weeks. And then one morning, she woke up on her uh, um, kitchen floor in clothes that weren't hers. And that door was still locked from the inside. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. That, that creeped, that creeped, up, that creeped us out, and we've been married 47 years. Was that supposed to be paranormal or UFO? That she reported it as UFO because she has been abducted many times. More, right. Since, yeah, since she was a young child. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, so I can imagine. It was reported as a UFO with missing time. You know, she doesn't know what happened during the time where she wasn't in her room and woke up in the kitchen. You know, one of the one of the things that we learned from the police is when we asked them, because we already were asking them questions, how do you tell if somebody's lying when you're interrogating them, right? And the mm -hmm. one police officer said, well, what we do, he says, we'll talk to them. And as they get into the middle of what they're talking about, we'll say, oh, by the what was that name of this going back in the story? He said, if they're lying, he said, they have to start the story all over again from the beginning. <laughs> but he said, if they're not, he said, usually they'll be able to pick the story right up from mm -hmm. where they left off. He says, and that's kind of an indication that they're telling the truth. Yeah, if they're able to recall it. Right. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry about that. Guy loved summer colds. <laughs> yeah. um, but, okay, had to retrain my thoughts. <laughs> Good thing I'm not, you know, <laughs> under oath or anything. <laughs> But, my uh, advice is my, did you ever read Mark Twain's Curing a Cold? No, no. I recommend I recommend it because he has a cold. He just can't get rid of it. He's walking down the street and somebody tells him he should drink a, a quart of whiskey. And he said he went met another uh, a, a friend about uh, uh, five minutes later who advised the same thing. He said that made a half a gallon. <laughs> he said, I thought I, I, thought I was going to throw up my immortal soul. He probably wasn't so worried about that cold anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I got a bottle of uh, Jack Daniels, maybe. Well, there you go. <laughs> maybe that's why I should be drinking case. other than water. We did have a case in uh, 2017 from Warren. Nice. Warren, Pennsylvania? Yeah. Warren um, County. Let's see. What's, does it give an exact city? 
sure. closest city, Crawford County. Oh, Crawford County. Crawford, Centerville, yeah. actually. She lives in Warren, but the event was in Centerville. Okay. Which is Crawford County. Right. It was an interesting one. She, uh, maybe we shouldn't say this. You can't um, say her name. She, no, I know that. She, she had a private pilot's license, and she had a job that required very good attention to detail. I don't think I should say what the job was, but very good attention to detail and, and such. And uh, she and her husband were traveling and saw orange and white lights flashing. She was able to, and they watched it for uh, about 15 seconds, it says, but she was able to estimate the speed at Mach 10. And, and the size. It turned at a right angle, which she said no aircraft can do, and the speed. And we're thinking, how could she tell in our minds when we were reading her account, how can somebody tell how fast the plane's going? Well, here she's right. got a pilot's license. So, so she, she has an inside source. She's got insight on it, right. And uh, it stopped in midair, and it was very interesting. That one we definitely categorized as couldn't have been an airplane, couldn't have been a drone. So we definitely <laughs> categorize that as unknown aerial phenomena. That's like a lot of people ask, how did the door get locked when the bus driver is the last one out of the bus? <laughs> you know, I had, a, I had a short conversation with Edgar Mitchell, who was the sixth man to walk on the moon. And uh, I, I said, Edgar, I said, uh, what went on up there? He says, you mean, did we go to the moon or not? I said, no, we watched Walter Cronkite. He wouldn't lie to us, you know. He got <laughs> and then he stopped. He got very serious. He looked at me and he said, we were never alone up there. He says, not ever. He said, Armstrong and Alwyn, they were afraid to get out of the lander. He said, the moon is such a very odd place. He said, the dark side, there's structures back there. We took pictures. NASA airbrushed them, told us to shut up. He goes, nobody tells me to shut up. He <laughs> said, the moon... It's craters, they're different diameters, but right. they're almost all the same depth. And he goes, that is a geologic impossibility. And I know because I'm a geologist. And then he said, when we, when we um, left the moon, we dropped, we set up seismographs. And then when we got up into orbit and docked with the capsule, he says, we, we let go of, a, of a, the lander and the engines to, to hit the moon so we could kind of get an idea of what kind of shock they would get, you know? He says, they hit the moon surface. He says, the moon rang like a bell for over an hour, like it's hollow somehow. So he said, be advised, the next time you look up at the moon, there is something up there, and it is looking back at you. Yeah. I didn't sleep for two nights. I'm telling you, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I don't scare easily, but gee, that kind of that kind of got to me when a guy that's been there says, listen, this is what's up there. I figure so, they're around... They've been around and they will be around. My yeah. being worried about them is the idea. You know, the idea of of, of UFOs and, and aliens. It goes back. God, it goes back well beyond um, our history. There's a story about the Anunnaki that came here to mine gold, mm -hmm. and when the work got too hard, they had a big meeting and they're discussing. And one of the people said, "Well, we need a primitive worker." And one of their scientists says, "Well." 
creature you named already exists. All we need to do is bind upon it our essence. And if you remember what Genesis says, and God said, let us make man in our image. The reason it is, is because you see the Genesis is actually a retelling, an edited version of this ancient story. This ancient story goes on to say how he made the first man. And, and a lot of what he says, remember what God draws in the clay? In the original version, it says he makes a clay vessel. And then he puts the egg and seed into it. And then remember when it says God blew life into the clay? It says he put it into the house where life is breathed in, an incubator. And then it tells how he puts it into his wife's womb. She has the baby. She holds up. He says, what will you call the creature? She says, it's not a creature. It's a sentient being. And we should call it Adamu, A-D-A-M-U, first man. Okay, and then he goes on how he creates the, the mate. He puts him up into the Garden of Eden, which is in northern Iraq. And later when he's walking through the garden, he wants to know why she's not pregnant. And he said, well, your brother, Enlil, who's the military commander of the expedition, says, we'll die. He said, well, you won't die. And he explains childbirth to them and all that, you know. And um, if you remember the story, do you remember there was three people in the garden? There was Adam, there was Eve. Do you remember who the third one was? Lilith? No. No? Who was third? Satan, the devil, right? Okay. The serpent, okay? Serpent. Now, Enki, who did the, the genetic mutation, did the genetic he had three nicknames. One was the he who knows oil. The other was he who knows water. But the third one was the serpent. So you see, there wasn't any snake or any devil. It was just simply his nickname. And when you realize that, you go, uh-oh, we have a problem because the rest of Genesis is based, or the rest of the Old Testament is based on that being true. And if it isn't, who were they talking to? Right. You see? And now when you go to <laughs> Exodus and you see you hear that um, fire and smoke descended on the mountain. And Moses is told to keep the people away. And when he comes down, he's, what's he look like? He's got white hair. His skin is waxy. That's radiation poisoning. And that's why he was told to keep the people away from the mountain. But anyway, that it, it's it's that's those kind of deep. stories that you look at and you go, holy crap. You know? That, that, that would give a lot of people a lot of things to think about later. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Scott, are you familiar with the Presque Isle landing in uh, 1966? I believe that's uh, I believe that's with the two guys and the girl. Uh, two and two. They yeah, were yeah. Two two. Right. We had the two gentlemen five years ago. We had them at our Erie conference, and they had a Q and A and and told their story. And their story has not changed since '66 of what they. Uh, saw that night and experienced and they you know it's one of the first times that we've had a, a, a bigfoot like creature associated with ufos and as we've gotten into this and, and then more research that we find there's a lot of those stories where you know the the, the vehicle lands and then they see they some see sort a of a creature large creature sure. one gentleman described is going across the, his, his uh, road to his fields on the other side and as he got into the clearing there's a vehicle hanging just hanging there and he watches it drop off a bigfoot and he said the mm. bigfoot walked right by him and never even looked at him like he wasn't even there and just marched off into the woods so you think you believe that bigfoot's uh extraterrestrial well you know if you, you think they travel if you wanted to sample air and water 
and vegetation, if you wanted to sample that, well, there's many ways you could do it. One is you could put an alpha predator, you know, or something so big and foul smelling that, that the other animals would stay away from it. And then it could go about whatever it, its program was and then just be picked up and, you know. So that's that's one possibility. That's one possibility. Right. There's lots of possibilities. Like these little brave creatures that people see and they report. Well, you see, they're probably not the aliens because they have no anal opening. They have no genitals, so they can't reproduce, they can't evacuate waste. So what are they? Well, they may be biological probes, like we have mechanical robots, and the aliens may send these out because they can go forever in space. They don't have to eat, they don't have to drink, they just have to run program. And a lot of us think that, that that's what they are, they're just simply probes. <laughs> they said biological probes out into the universe. Now they say there's, uh, oh, you know, I I listen and I pay attention to so many different shows and details, but isn't there something like seven alien races or something like that that's supposed to be associated Some with? Some people believe that, right? Um, we don't tend to buy into it's that. Yeah. Uh, it's just something that we can't. Yeah, um, this would because this that would make the earth kind of like the breeze wood of the universe, you know. It's <laughs> just everybody comes there, you know. See, the thing is, when we taught when we were doing the experiencer cases and things that we've read, these people they come back and they they have missing time and they you've mm -hmm. got to go into their psyche. Well, if you can do that, then you could make them let's say they make you see a lizard person and they make Kathy see a small little person. They make somebody else see a Nordic person. They, so, you know, if they can, if they can erase your memory or cloud your memory, it's very often, it's very likely that they can um, implant false memories. And, you know, what a great way to hide, isn't it? Because, well, you know, yeah, you saw a lizard, and you saw this, and people go, there, you're nuts. Well, the, thing, the same thing can be said about our own government being able to replace memories and such. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So do you think that could tie in in some of the cases? Oh. oh. Gee, I don't know. Oh, yeah, never, I've never thought that's about that's that. never been <laughs> prepped. I don't know. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good point. Take you're talking about, about things to think about. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes it takes somebody that's not directly in the circle to look yeah, at exactly. it. Hmm. But I that's, mean. That's why one thing as an investigator, you, you try to keep your eyes and ears open. To, to all, all, like all, you're saying, uh, to yeah. all things. <laughs> uh, Welcome I, back. I get over it. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, that I mean, I've seen recently where they're talking about replacing memories and things like that. So I wonder if maybe five percent of the reported cases are somebody getting information from from uh, a suspect, and what better way to have a fancy fancy gray? You, you know what I mean? Um, I, now, trust me, I believe that there's um, extraterrestrial life out there. Uh -huh. I mean, there's so much space out there. Exactly. Right? <laughs> I just we have be to be very arrogant to think we're the only human or the only living species. You know, right? and you see, the thing is, that's one of the problems. We are arrogant. 
Mm -hmm. Okay. When you say flying saucers or, or, you know, flying saucers, I don't know if you're familiar where that term came from, but Kenneth Arnold, he had this sighting in 1947 of these nine objects and they looked like uh, chevrons. Okay. And he watched them and as he's describing them to the reporters, he said, yeah, they, they look like a, like a saucer skipping across the water. And one of the reporters picked that up and called them flying saucers. And that's where actually the term came, comes from. Oh, wow. I never knew that. Uh, hold on one second. Let me kind of pop over here a little bit. Okay. Um, pretty much uh, what's going on with this is a group of us that's been on Mind and Matt's show next Friday will be doing like a, a paranormal campfire telling tales on his show. Cool. So we'll be, uh, you can find him by uh, Matt Baron, paranormal consultant on Facebook, YouTube, and such. He oh, does okay. a very similar show to this one. That's why he's talked about to the drinking and such. And then, of course, he replies to the Ask No Moon. Yeah, uh, you know, the moon, it's the only moon. There's 260 some moons in the solar system. It's the only moon that's exactly where it has to be to give us an eclipse. Hmm. It's the only moon few miles either way and that would not happen and yet now isn't there there uh written history of where there was no moon and then it just yes, yes. yeah there's some ancient text that described the earth before there was a moon in the sky and it supposedly to the translations happened pretty quick it wasn't like uh you know over generations of time the moon formed it was a relatively quick process yes yeah that's why some people believe that the moon was towed into place that's right i, I remember hearing something you know? like that and um you know and the people we've talked to and, and like i said you have to be open to everything and it's very possible that that moon is there like like edgar said there's something up there and it is watching you you know so um and but the fact that there's structures up there, that's another thing that, you know. We probably should bring it back to the MUFON and things, though, because we could go some pretty deep lengths along that line. I've heard <laughs> yeah. all kinds of stuff, and and I could sit here for hours listening and talking about just that topic alone. Now, yeah. so, but let's bring it back to the immediate time frame. Um, okay. MUFON. Now, anybody, there, the... There's chapters all over the world, right? Like Puerto yes, Rico, um, Guam, maybe. I don't know. They, it, all over. All the European countries, England, all of them have chapters of MUFON. It is an international organization. So they, they could definitely not have to, oh, well, that's just for the fun folks in the States. Right, right, right. Yeah, no. There, we The experiencer team, we had when there were people from Germany. Yes. That one woman from Germany, she was on the experiencer team. And when we had our Zoom meetings, she would sign in with us and share information and of people that she had worked with in Germany. Oh, nice. Yeah. Now, if people have some questions, they could get a hold of you through this email? Yes. Okay. Yep, that's my email. And uh, if you have any questions after the facts, after the show, Feel free to contact me that way. Or send an email now if you'd like. 
Yeah. If you have a question about MUFON or if you have a case or something and you don't know how to report it, I'm sure they'll be happy to help you. Right, because you can report it right on the MUFON site. It says report sighting. Right. It's one of the drop-down menus, right. If you have any uh, questions about something that you might have seen, feel free to drop it in the questions, and we'll see if we can come up with something for you. Um, though they have a little more extensive researching that they like to do when you guys receive information, right? You like to look up dates and right uh, in the sky and weather yeah. conditions are a big thing. Yeah. We always look for historical weather conditions. Uh, there's file freedom of information acts with the airports. We've had to do that a couple of times. See with the airports, see whether there was anything out there on the given date and um, weather. Yeah, weather, the air flights. There, there's a few different. Um, I I always check now the Starlink to uh, websites to see when their last uh, launches were and see if they were possibly because we've got. There's a map that you can call up that show you how many satellites there are circling the Earth. It's on that, like the whole picture is red. You oh, know, I, with, I can with imagine. You say that I look out the window towards the sky, like I'm going to see it. Something, <laughs> yeah, something's moving up there all the time. Oh. But uh, and so I've got uh, different apps on my phone and different websites that we go to to check all of that longitude, latitude, uh, the weather. Um, Who you like in the Clay Liston fight? What astronomical? Uh, the <coughs> moon in and and such. Uh, one gentleman gave he couldn't remember whether it was fifty six, seven, or eight that the event was, and uh, but he knew it was a full moon. <laughs> so I looked, and he thought it was late October. So I looked up full moon information. And figured right. out it was 1960. 1960 had the latest October full moon. Okay. So, so he had. So it takes a little bit of digging. He had narrowed yeah. it to 58, 59, and 60. <laughs> so at least I could figure out which month or which year his event took place. I'm sure so, that'd probably be helpful. Now I would probably think that if you have uh, if you're in the middle of a uh, sighting if you could keep your mind to yourself to some degree as soon as you're done with the sighting to anybody that might be out there listening or watching um run in grab a notebook napkin whatever write down as much as possible as right, right away because and the, if you can get any pictures because right. sometimes they have attached pictures and a couple of people have attached like drawings like you're saying to to explain it but yes if you can the sooner the better when your memory is fresh to jot down any notes and stuff before you even, and then if you choose not to report it, that's fine. But then, you know, some people wait for a while. And if you're waiting two, three weeks to report it, you might have forgotten. Or you like might you have said. added to the story. Yeah. That, you know, something you imagined happened. It didn't. You know, so writing um, it down as soon as do documenting it to yourself as soon as you can is a very good technique to use. You know, when Kathy and I um, investigate and we talk to these people, um, I always let Kathy do most of the talking to them, mainly because a woman is 
less intimidating, less intimidating. And I just and I'll sit back and I'll listen. And every once in a while I'll interrupt and I'll take them back and ask them something that she that they said five minutes ago. Okay. Yeah. Or I, I also I'm the one who asked the tough question. Are you using any kind of drugs? Believe me, that's a tough question to ask. It really no, I know. We ask that ourselves. Yeah, you know. And, I'm almost and, embarrassed uh, to ask that, but yeah, yeah exactly. exactly, exactly, exactly. But I'm kind of a dick, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I just, uh, but you know, that's we work really well together as a team, and uh, we've accomplished a lot, I think, in the mm -hmm. short time that we've been doing this. Nice. Um, yeah, and you guys look like you're really happy that you're on this adventure. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh, doing your show is amazing. Now, th this is new to us. We did we did a radio broadcast uh, Thursday, yeah. and now your show today. But this is new to us. Uh, it just happens that both opportunities came up at the same time. And but we're the pores. <laughs> yeah. Right. But how was the how was the radio interview? The radio interview went well. It's it was a local talk show which normally only deals with business. business and political stuff locally. And Thursday, the 24th, was National UFO, UFO Day. And because right. it, it was the when, what's his name? You just talked about him um, with the flying saucer. Um, Edgar Mitchell? No, no, the man who saw the Chevron flying saucer. Oh, oh yeah, Kenneth Arnold. That was the date that he saw it was uh, June 24th. So it's National UFO Day. And they decided, oh, let's do something different for the show other than, and we had that sighting on Presque Isle, so they went with that route. And I don't know where they got our name, but I got an email asking us if we'd like to be on the show. But well, the same way I did. What I did is I went to uh, the MUFON website, and then I narrowed it down to our local area. Oh, okay. Your, your name popped up. Well, I don't know if your names popped up. I'd have to look it back up, but uh, the contact with the email. So um, I reached out. I was hoping that you guys would because I like to have variety on the show. Sure. Um, yeah, it's nice because I it keeps me interested and keeps me learning. Whereas if I keep having paranormal investigators, I I kind of feel like, well, yeah, they're just using the same jargon that I use and such, and that you do all the time, right? So, yeah. um, Matt just said he'd love to have us on his show anytime. Let us know. Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. retired. <laughs> and we work cheap. Yeah, you know, you know, we're retired. Although a box, just, a box of saltine and some beer, and we're good. Seriously, <laughs> I do some volunteer work, and we do work with my our granddaughter and stuff. But we're retired, and we're pretty flexible. Nice. Now, um, how do you feel? Is the radio more comfortable or being on camera more comfortable? Well, it was it was Zoom, so okay. we were we were live too. I guess they will then archive it and it'll be up on their website at a later date. And when we were done and the, and the show was over, the the one the one producer she goes, "This is the first time the saying about the host." She goes, "It's the first time I've ever seen him speechless." <laughs> <laughs> so that one went well, but yeah. cameras. I, I was a teacher for 34 years, so and I was, public speaking. And I, and I, was, a, I was a college hockey coach, and so I, I you know, have dealt with the the, uh, the news media. And I wrote a, I used to write a column for the newspaper, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty familiar with that, and I'm pretty comfortable in front of cameras or, you know, 
Well, then you guys have a leg up on me. It still take it still takes me about ten minutes to kind of unwind and say okay. Oh, okay. Really? No, I, I think you do a great job. Yeah. Really, I think we've enjoyed you, it. You've been you, a good uh, leader or facilitator. <laughs> well, thank you, facilitator. Yeah. Thank you. And, and I'm not trying it. I'm not trying to end this. Let's tell me what that means later on. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so let's. If you guys aren't ready to jump off, and we got some more to talk about. Sure. Yeah, you got okay. something. Um, so let's go back. Okay. You know what? I gotta stand up for a second. Okay. Uh, go ahead, though. He'll stand up and stretch. He's got a bad back. So. I, I, I sit all day driving, so. But, but me, we I can get, still talk. What was it you were gonna say? Uh, you brought up the case in Prescott a few times. Now, right. I'm sure, plenty of people. Okay, let me rephrase that. It is a well-documented, well-known case, but I'm sure there's plenty of people that still don't know about it. Okay. Um, uh, it happened July 31st of 66. And um, two, two couples, two guys and two women were at Presque Isle for the day. In and Erie, Pennsylvania. In Erie, Pennsylvania, uh, on Beach 6, which is a popular beach. And he, the car got stuck in the sand. So one gentleman said, I'm going for help. And they, the rest stayed at the car. So while he was gone, a police officer or park ranger or park officer came by. And what before he did, they saw, the three of them saw this bright white light. And it land, they watched it land. About 500 to 700. 750 to 1,000. Yeah. No, 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 about 500 feet to a 700 yards away from them. They saw it land and a park ranger came. So he and the other gentleman went to investigate that toward the wooded area and left the women there in the car. Shortly after they walked away, the women started honking the horn, screaming, screaming, Hopefully I didn't give you my cold. <laughs> so the men came back. They were, the women were beside themselves. Mm. They said this large, shapeless creature came out through the trees. And it left marks on the trees. They, the next day, you could, they, we have uh, pictures, pictures of them that left mark on the tree, like a slash almost. And I believe there was a scratch on the car, car too. Car roof, I believe it was. And um, so the next day, the, the Air Force was called in. And they investigated. They, they found three imprints in the sand. So as if it was a, the, the vehicle was like a tripod of some kind. It had three imprints. And they said by the depth of the imprints, the object had to have been 750 to a thousand pounds wow um they did investigate they found a sticky non-evaporating substance in the sand i believe it was in between the three tripods in the sand between the three imprints and they took um examples of it and the results of the samples were never given to Presque uh, really? They didn't get the results. However, the 
case is was put into Blue Book as unknown. That's so they did classify. They could not say what it was. And it's still open, actually. No it's, no, it's not open. It's still, still based, based as an unknown. They never changed the category of it or took it out of the records or anything. So they, could, they couldn't rule out aircraft, something human. You know. Well, I recently seen a show on, I want to say the Travel Channel, but I might be wrong. They brought up the case and such, and I kind of was interested in it, one, because it's local to me. And uh, mm -hmm. two, I know the daughter of one of the gentlemen that was there. And uh, so, you know, it kind of caught my eye. And, you know, they had other people around the area that they interviewed and coming up with kind of, oh, it was my toy this or something or other. And my understanding is what they were trying to say that it was or what it could be of our world of natural the other side was able to disprove that there's no way that that I think it was like a toy parachute or something like that. This guy was trying to say it was, and they're like, no, there's no way that could be with the weather pattern that day. And, you know, they were able to disprove all the stuff that these people were trying to counterclaim that case by. Mm -hmm. and that's where proving weather patterns and things like that are very beneficial. Very important. Out. Yeah, the, the wind direction and the dew point, all of that, right? We always look up all of that. And so that's we, where in the show they said, well, this is his claim, but we were able to show, and they showed a map of Prescott and where this guy supposedly was saying it was, and they said, well, We'll let him say what he has to say. You know, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Mm -hmm. We'll let him say what he's got to say, but this kind of would have us doubt his his rationality behind it and such. So it's still considered, like you guys are saying, uh, unknown. As an unknown, yeah. right. Blue Book did classify it as that. It's still on the records as that. And I find, Go I'm ahead. sorry. I find it fascinating that after all these years that, People are still trying to debunk that case. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the two gentlemen we had, I had said, we had them in Erie at our last conference, and uh, Gerald and Doug Tibbetts. And Doug has, like you said, has passed away, and you know his daughter. Um, mm -hmm. Ger Gerald was Gerald was 26 when the event occurred, and we had him at the 50th reunion, so he was seven. Yeah, 76 then. Wow. So, and that was a few years ago. So, I'm not sure. We're not sure whether he's still alive um, or not. But they came and they spoke and they did a Q&A and would take answers. And their story has not, not changed. changed. Yeah. And after all those years, you would think that they'd either embellish or... Exactly. Right. Exactly and right. their story has not changed. You'd be a good investigator. I would be? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you. Uh, I figure it's save up, less, save up your milk money. <laughs> my my uh, Starbucks money. Yeah, there you go. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of similarities between the uh, ghost hunting and as far as documentation and right. you know, that. I can see where there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, there um, is. Do you guys ever just go out? And just watch the sky and hope. Oh, absolutely. Always. Always. We're only six blocks from the lake. And uh, we go down to this little, it's a boat launch and a little beach. 
And we go down there at night on good clear nights. And uh, sometimes we'll have a campfire or, you know, in a, in a burning pool and uh, sit out there. Um, especially when there's meteor showers, yes. we'll sit out all night and sit yeah. out there watching because there is some light down there, but it's not like it, not like it's inside in the city. You guys are lucky enough to get to see the meteors and such. Our weather yeah. around here is always <laughs> overcast. And yeah, one oh. one night we saw over a hundred of them. Yeah, oh, but wow. we were out there till till dawn. Actually, yeah, we, we stayed out. All yeah, night. and then we had we had breakfast all over the grill on the beach. You know, so um, yeah, I'll tell yeah, you, but we are we 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 watch the skies when we're driving. Sure. I do the driving, and he. He sits in the passenger. He's constantly, did you see that? Well, no, I'm driving. So you need to tell me what it was. Take your eyes off the road and watch that. <laughs> this is more important. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so no matter what we're doing, and actually almost every night that it is clear, before we go to bed, we go out out front and see what's in the sky. See where the moon is or what's, what planets are out and such. Wow. Yeah. Okay. When we saw we, we saw the rings of Saturn here what three, that three years awesome. ago. That was really awesome. You know? Yeah, I got a decent telescope, but nothing quite like that. Yeah. Now my we telescope did. I really like because it's got the filter to see the sun. We have that. We too. bought one, yeah. We bought one to put on it. Yep. To to look at the sun for sunspots and stuff. We just bought a pair of binoculars too that are good for sky. Right. And it come, came on a tripod and stuff. We've got yeah. a tripod for them because and stuff. they're very heavy to actually hold up. Oh gosh, they're too heavy to hold <laughs> up. And yeah. So that's maybe if uh, maybe if one of you hold on to each side and just kind of. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we were thinking about getting two kids in the neighborhood and pay them a buck a piece to stand or just rest it on their heads. Now this isn't the eighties. The buck isn't going to get you very far. You got to yeah. start thinking ten bucks. <laughs> But uh, so, is there any uh, other cases you'd like to bring up, or? Um, sure. Let me. Uh, we had I had pulled some of them out. Uh, let me look at this one here. How about the, the high school kid who goes down the driveway? And oh, we did and, have one. Order. And while they're looking through their stuff, if you have any questions, feel free to ask. Uh, the chat's been a little quiet tonight, guys. So. Um, I know this is new territory for you guys. You guys are used to the ghost hunting and and asking about your favorite haunted locations and such. So um, reach outside the box and ask for, like, what's the most active UFO location or anything like that. <laughs> but go ahead. With and, we'll and we'll try and answer them. Yeah. <laughs> um, the tough questions. I may have to leave the room and get another bottle of water. <laughs> right. Um, we did have one interesting case with some missing time. Um, it, it was in, I want to say, in Erie County, but it was like Titusville or somewhere like, you know. And uh, just down the road from me. Okay. Um, uh, it was a young boy ready to graduate from high school. It was graduation night. He was ready, and they lived, obviously, farther out in the country, not mm -hmm. downtown. So he was ready. And went outside and went down the driveway. Mom and dad were still getting ready. So he went down the driveway and it was very dark and they had some wooded area. And he looked up and he saw a, I think it, it was long, not triangular. It was just a, um, a shape of, uh, 
Like a cigar tube? An, a, an oblong. oblong. Uh, like, a, like a cigar tube. A what? Sorry. Like a, a cigar tube? No, it wasn't rounded. It was more square, uh -huh. squared off. Oh, yeah. okay. And um, he looked up and he said what was odd, it was rocky, gray, you know, dull-looking, blackish. And what was weird was the underside of it looked like rocks. Like, but like mountain peaks upside down, you know, right. look like rocks coming down. He, he was watching it and he knew he was facing the woods when he started seeing it. And then he doesn't remember anything. He remembers becoming aware again of where he was, but he was facing the house. Huh. And he didn't remember turning around. So he started walking back to the house. Dad's outside. He says, where are they? Heck, have you been? Because yeah, I was at the driveway. Because we've been, your mother and I have been calling you for 15 minutes, seeing oh. where the heck, and you didn't answer or anything. He goes, I was right at the foot of the driveway. Didn't hear you. But he says, you were not. We checked the driveway. Look, we looked all around the house. So he had about 15 minutes of missing time, and they don't know where he was either. Oh, wow. So that, that one was very interesting. That's... That's something. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys ever experienced missing time? No. No. Except on our wedding day. <laughs> what the hell happened? Re replaced by sweet red Next wine. Right? I know I'm in a limousine and this lovely woman is by my side. I'm going, what the hell did I do this? <laughs> you felt blessed. Oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. She is just a treasure. She really is. Uh, we did have one that's and very modest. No. <laughs> that's very strange. Um, again, it's one that happened when he was young. That's the one I was saying was 1960. Okay. And he just recorded it. I don't know why. Uh, or did he have surgery? He was the one that had to have a recent, he had a recent surgery. So we were guessing it was something serious. And he and was sure if he'll make it to the other side. So, yeah. So he decided he needed to report this is this John and uh, yeah um, so he was a youngster and he was out in a wooded area with dad and one of dad's friends they were hunting dad and the friend were going to go into the wooded area they were in a big clearing and he, he was very specific he said the clearing was about 300 yards by 150 yards so it was a Decent sized clearing, you know. They, they told him to wait. They'd go into the woods. So wait for us here. So he did. And he heard a noise, sounded like rustling of leaves. So he turned around and he saw, let me tell you what, how he described it. Um, hold on. He heard the noise. He described the noise as the rustling of leaves. And then he saw an object that he described as a clear billboard. A clear billboard. A clear billboard. Uh, it was shorter than the trees, so it was below the tree line, and was twice as wide as it was tall. So this huh. billboard type object was twice as wide as it was tall, and it was about one to two inches thick. So he could see all sides of this object. It had sharp, he was very specific. It had sharp, distinct edges 
but was opaque. Mm. So that's what he was calling clear. Yeah. Um, its sides, it was, its vertical and horizontal were fixed. It didn't change shape at all or size. And then it would rise to uh, above the tree line and come back down. As it came back down, the bottom of it, he called it wrinkling. Like if a sheet was touching the ground, yeah, it would wrinkle. <laughs> it did that three times. And then on the third time, it moved over and did it again and moved over. And it hopped over, he said, about 100 feet each time until it was in the trees and he could no longer see it. <laughs> he, he watched it for a minute and a half to two minutes. This took place in about two minute time span. Really? His dad and the friend come running out of the woods and said, what's going on? He says, so he told them, but he says, we heard, is, is there noise? What's, what's the noise? He goes, well, I heard rustling of leaves. He says, we heard noise like a stampede of some kind of animal was running through. Hmm. So now, he, he didn't, heard he didn't hear things. that. He, so the thing was gone by the time they came out. So they heard different. They sounds. heard different sound than he did. He heard a soft, like rustling of, of leaves, you know, in the wind or something. Do you think it was done so it wouldn't spook them? Who knows? Yeah. You know what? Be, we've got a case that I can mention yeah. with something like that of why something happened. Um, he he was credible. He 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 was very credible. Um, he was he, an educated man. And he had no reason to tell you this story other than no, how, no, you know, no, he, you know, that's a very good point. You know, these people have no reason to tell that story, but somehow they feel they have to, they've got to get it off their chest. They have to tell somebody. Yeah. And, he, and they probably could care less if you believe them or not, in all honesty. Exactly. Okay. He, yeah. He wasn't looking for an explanation of it. And a, we've, I've never heard of anything like that before. Yeah. Mm. You know, that we've never had a report like that. Um, he had even drawn me a picture of what the clearing looked like and described it again with the hopping and the uh, and such. Uh, he was an engineer with multiple degrees. I mean, he was an educated man. Wow. Uh, what, this is Matt, what should someone do when they think they see something unusual? Uh, report. Obviously, report it to move on, whether you think it's something really strange that you've never heard of. But we don't look at any reports as being not worthy of being reported. Uh, on the MUFON.com site, I can't tell you exactly where it is, but across the top border, one of the drop downs says, report a sighting. Now, Wasp has a saying that... Um, it might not be real to us, but it's real to them. Exactly. exactly right. So, you know, it doesn't so matter. We take that it. approach on every investigation. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, so you would fill out. There's a form you fill out. And uh, it's pretty specific. They ask you for a short description. And then there's a place 
later for you to give more information, but it asks some personal information, right. how to contact you. And some people don't fill the whole thing out there. And then I, we have to ask the questions. Uh, it asks about your vision. You know, do you have good vision, hearing, and stuff like that? And it does give it asks for an age. A lot of people don't want to put that in, but I ask them when I call. You know, can I ask you how old you are? You know, it doesn't make a difference on whether I believe you or not, but it's good to have as much information as we can. And I would like to add, and I'm sure you guys would feel the same way as what I'm about to say is first step is make sure you're safe and you're in a safe location. Um, that's on anything, paranormal, real life, UFOs, which is part of the paranormal. Make sure you're in a safe location. She feels pretty safe with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, but you yeah. guys come after the fact most of the time. So, yeah. If you see something like a big fireball coming down, at you, don't sit there and try to fill out a form on. Oh, oh right. Yeah. Yeah. Get yeah. out of the way. Get, get out of Dodge. Right. right. And then go to move on and write things down. And then go to the police and let them deal exactly. with the aftermath. <laughs> That's the steps. Safety, move on, right. police. <laughs> um, you had asked about uh, if the quietness was so he didn't spook since he was a young kid. Mm -hmm. We had a case out of Presque Isle again um, at at the Perry Monument, if you're familiar with that area yeah, of, right. the, of the beach, I am. Um, a gentleman saw a triangular object. It was at dusk and he saw it as clear as day and ended up following it as far as he could. And there were other people in the parking lot and nobody was looking up and nobody saw it. And he didn't holler out either as to Hey, look. Right. And he doesn't know why he didn't holler up. He, it just didn't. It mesmerized him. Yeah, it mesmerized him. And he just threatened. didn't think to say, hey, are you seeing this too? He got into his truck and began to chase it. And he, <laughs> and he followed it until he ran out of road. Until he ran out of road and it went out over the lake. So mm -hmm. but, uh, that, was that was our very first case that we ever investigated. Now, in your very first case, how excited were you? We were. Wow. Well, we could hardly uh, we could hardly drink. No, it, was, so, uh, it, it was kind of intimidating, though. Okay, yeah. are we going to do this right? And yeah. I think we did. We actually went to his house. A lot of our investigation interviews are done over the phone because they're far away from us, you know. But right. that one, so we did make arrangements uh, to meet him at his house. He said, sure, come on over, you know, and we sat in his living room and he even drew a picture of the shape of it and and stuff. So and I'm I'm very big. Um, I had worked for an intelligence agency at one point. And I'm very good at reading body language, and I watched him. And when he was talking about, it, he was very open. So our, you know, we open. Oh yeah, I saw this, and it was, you know. So he's very open to um, us, kind of getting into his space, and and he was very credible, very credible uh, yeah. witness. Nice. So that was definitely a good thing for you guys. That was your first case. A good start. Yeah, yes, yeah. definitely. And that's really where we began. Where, um, see, I asked a lot of questions at that time, and she she asked a few. But but after that, 
I realized that it was better if she asked the questions because she's much less intimidating and I can just sit back and listen and pick out things and and enhance the investigation by really not saying a lot, just saying a little. Right. Now, I know in some older cultures, they would send the women and children first before the men would come in for the same reason that you're saying. Uh, they're able to bridge a lot more gaps than guys coming in because yeah. they're not as defensive, that's for sure. Right. Now, I know... Uh, they don't see women as a threat. Or not one that they can't handle, which <laughs> is a mistake because... I believe that when needed to be, women can be quite fierce. You wouldn't want to mess with our daughter. <laughs> my, daughter my daughter played Division One college hockey, and after she was done, she was playing on a men's team. And when oh the guys on the other team before they went on the ice were just busting her chops. So they, they went on the ice, they were playing, this guy hooks her. She got up, and she dropped him with one punch, knocked <laughs> him cold out. Boom. Then you she guys, scored, and then she scored eight goals in the first period. You guys are like, yeah. they didn't tease her anymore. <laughs> they were just adding fuel to the fire, is all. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, never, <laughs> never, never piss off our daughter ever. So, uh, so yeah, I, I can understand that. Um, yeah, I, I'm sorry, I lost train of thought where I was going there for a second. So. <laughs> Yeah, wow. <laughs> you know, I, I had a stroke. That cold. I had a stroke uh, six months ago, and so it, it took out the whole left side of my body. And I find the same thing. I'll sit there and I'll have I'll know what I'm going to ask, and I'll sit there and all of a sudden I go, "What the hell was I going to ask?" You know. Well, I don't believe I'm stroking out, and I'm sorry that you had that happen to you. Oh no, I had a great time. <laughs> I have, seriously. I know it's off. Topic. I, convinced, I, convinced, I convinced the third shift that the second floor was haunted. That's what I, you know, so. The most attention you've gotten in a while, huh? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I remember our first time on a case was uh, a local case, and just, you know, we were, we were like, triple checking our bags and yeah. buying brand new batteries and, and going all, you know, all excited, ready to go. Yeah. Now, yeah, we, were, we were that way with our first case. We were very excited about it and doing an interview and. Yeah, it is. It is. It gives a, a real adrenaline boost, doesn't it? Oh, definitely. Now, do you guys have like a bag ready to go, or? Yes. Uh, we do, uh, but I don't know that we'll use it too much. You yeah, know, but no. but we do. Yeah, we we've, we've got uh, you know, the baggies and the containers to take samples and and the safety. Uh, we've got uh, plaster Paris and bottles of water packed so if there was something that we wanted to try and cast you right, know right. there was an impression or something like that so yeah we've we've got that ready we've not had to use it but no. <laughs> now what about the stuff that you first thought you wanted and had when you first started going where you would look back at now and be like oh <laughs> don't really want that that's really not going to be all that useful Is it, have hmm. you found any stuff like that or i don't think so um, no i don't if anything, we probably added stuff that we felt we left out. Yeah. You know, we needed more. We thought we needed more um, 
tweezers, tweezers. you know, or tongs, tongs, you know, to pick. I, I don't think we had enough. So we, <laughs> okay. I'd rather have had more and been able to uh, keep the one we used. For uh, hot dogs. No, 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 that. no. For, uh, so that it wasn't contaminated. Right. We could put it in with the sample. And, and we always took alcohol with us, too, so we could sterilize stuff yeah. before we, you know, touched anything. Right, right. But again, we haven't had to use it. Yeah. And we wish we would. Actually, we really would really like to We wouldn't case. mind having to use yeah. it, yeah. Right. Be We've careful got a camera. what you wish for. Pardon? Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, true, true. true. We, we would have happen 47 years ago, and we wish we were married. Here we are now. We always have a camera ready to, besides my cell phone camera, we do have a digital that we, we take with us. No, I was going to ask. Obviously, uh, photography has come a long way from the 40s and 50s and such. So, I mean, a lot of things are being caught more often now. Yeah. Um, but I did want to bring up the fact that um, the government's releasing stuff now, supposedly, that's supposed to be deep classifying all this stuff, which they're still slow going, but I guess they're starting right. to come up. How do you guys feel about that? Well, I haven't read the whole report. I've seen those snippets. One of them says that they know that it isn't ours, it isn't Russian, it isn't the Chinese. And then they said, but well, we don't think it's from outer space. Really? Where the hell do you think it's from? I mean, it's going 9,000 miles an hour, and that's the truth. Uh, Hector Elizondo, the guy who released three of those uh, videos, he, um, he it was, might be coming from Switzerland. I mean, yeah, nobody pays attention to them. But, but he was the head of the ATIP program and um, uh, the aerial threat program. And he said, that's only the tip of the iceberg. He said, there's videos of these things 50 feet away from the cockpit of a jet. He said, mm. and he says, we've clocked some of these things. They're going 9,000 miles an hour. Some of them even faster. He goes, they're not ours. And they're not they're not from this planet you know and right. and you wonder when they're going to finally say yeah we've had contact we've you know and but it's dangerous i mean first of all can you imagine the impact on religion imagine all of a sudden you know and they say yeah they've been coming here for thousands of years uh oh now they have a problem um a guy by the name of bloomrich he uh, was worked for nasa he was an engineer and he decided he was going to uh, uh, build what Ezekiel saw and prove that this was a, a, a religious thing. Well, he built it and he got a patent on it. It would fly. Whoa. And unknown to him, a German, an Austrian uh, uh, engineer, and I forget his name right off the top of my head, he built what Ezekiel was told to build in the second book of Ezekiel. So he built that. The two of them got together with their models and the flying ship fit perfectly into what Ezekiel was told to build, told to build basically a landing platform. Wow. You know, and that changed his mind about, uh-oh, now, you know, he realized this wasn't God. This was something entirely different, you know? So mm. um, you, you read stories like that and you go, whoa, whoa. But there's a guy, again, you know, a NASA, a NASA engineer, and he, he found out this thing is, it's a vehicle. That's what he saw. Now, Stan Gordon has a different viewpoint on it. Yes. Um, it's not in there, but at his his website is stangordon.info. And info. his view, 
dot info. Yeah, I've never had that before, but his is dot info. And he was saying about this new report that's come out. He says, yeah, it's military, but he says, he's, they're not going far enough. He says, they're not mentioning, this is happening not just to the military, you know, these, these, those that they're showing us. He goes, we're getting reports every day of daylight sightings, landings and stuff. He goes, and they're ignoring that. They're not mentioning that and talking about that. So he's saying they're still not going far enough. Far enough. He had, he just wrote a big article on his website, the stangordon.org.info. And now, uh, with pictures and everything. Do you think that our government is doing so so they don't panic people? Like so yeah, that's, that's that's his take that's on my, that. my theory is that something is coming and they can't stop it. And when it gets here, it's gonna change the way people think. They're trying to maybe get out in front of it and, and <clears throat> kind of prepare people. Now that's my own that's my theory, and whether or not it's true or not, I don't know. But it's awful odd that all of a sudden we start releasing this stuff. And the other nations have released theirs a long time before this. Right, suddenly right. we're releasing this stuff. And one of the guys who worked on the program, he's the one that's releasing this stuff. And um, not only that, but the one that they that they released, it looks like a top. I don't know if you've seen these or not. But one looks like a top. Okay. And there's a glow around it. And as this thing turns, the glow moves with it. It doesn't move inside the glow. The glow moves with it like it's part of the propulsion system or part of maybe a cloaking device that's malfunctioning. And there's a guy by the name of Bob Lazar, L-A-Z-A-R, who um, back in the 70s or the 80s said that he'd worked at uh, S4 and that he had seen these saucers. They had nine of them. And one of them, he said, looked like a top. Okay. And right, he right. said he watched it raise up and there was a glow around it and it turned. And that's exactly what this plane saw. Exactly what they saw. And, they, and the government did everything they did. Credit Lazar. He never worked here. He didn't go to these schools in there. And then somebody found a phone book with his name in it. And then the government had to backtrack. Well, he wasn't that important. Yada. And, you know, and the government just keeps lying and lying and lying. Why? Why are they lying? Why don't they just tell us? Well, now this is out there. And people are starting to ask questions. Oh, yeah, it's not them. It's not them. It's not them. But it's not from outer space. Well, again, where is it from then? Who has the technology to do that? You look at these things. There's no wings. There's no airfoils. Oh, they shouldn't be able to fly, but they do. And they fly very, very fast. You got to keep in mind they're, they're, they have equi uh, equipment and things in and vehicles and such that they don't show us they're like 50 everything they release they've had 50 years prior probably yeah so yeah. i mean look at cern um that's supposed to be quite the uh computer system the hadron collider you mean yeah that's probably oh, what yeah. i'm thinking of yeah. um and so they're talking about opening up other dim uh, portals and such yeah they, they so. need to be real careful doing that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if nothing, it could really mess up our our whole thing. Oh, yeah. Matt, bringing out the Black Knight satellite. Have you guys heard of that? Yes, I have. I've seen, I've seen 
see pictures of it. That's and, an interesting. I can't tell you what it what it might be. I don't know. Um, is that the thing? Yeah, that they. Okay. Yeah. And and <laughs> I've seen pictures Hold of on a second. I, I find that quite entertaining. Couples that's been together for a while can say two or three words and know exactly <laughs> what the other one is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. <laughs> I'll tell you what's really weird. I'll sit there and go, you know, Kath, pepperoni balls. She goes, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times that happens. Me and my significant other, we do things like that. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm thinking like you. No, that's yeah. it. <laughs> we, wish we, we wish we could read the blackjack dealer the same at the casino. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I guess you got to get a little closer for a few years to do that. <laughs> Yeah, but, well, I so, guess I'm not going to marry him, that's for sure. <laughs> Back to the Black Knight satellite. Yes, yes. I, like I said, I've seen pictures of it. They say, you know, NASA says, oh, it's just debris and it's this and that. I don't know. I mean, I've seen reports on this thing that it, it doesn't move, that it, it's in a, a place that um, you have to be in the right angle to see the thing. I don't, I just, to be honest with you, I just don't have an answer for that. There, and didn't Pepsi do a commercial with it or something at one point? I don't know. I, I don't know. I didn't see that. I couldn't. I couldn't say one way or another. For the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Dan says, "Sorry, he's late to the show." Yeah, only an hour and forty-nine minutes late, but Dan, that's okay. Dan, Who's counting? Dan, Cart Dan Cartwright. Should yeah. you be on the Ponderosa? I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know if he's old enough to understand that. <laughs> Probably oh, not. That's, that's right. I forgot we're ancient. Yeah. You know? Speaking that of ancient. No cake or ale. <laughs> Meanwhile, back on the farm. <laughs> but uh, he's up in uh, Dan. No, you're you're the Wisconsin group, aren't you, Dan? I, <laughs> I got so many different groups. I got to think who's who, where's where. But cold mess and... Kind of makes you a little spacey. Matt says theory. I've heard that it's. I've heard it's a government test satellite from crash sites that's testing alien technology for defense purposes. Ah, uh, you know that it's possible. It's very possible. Um, like I said, Bob Lazar said they had nine of these things. And if they got them, you know, in the early 70s, you know, 60s, 70s, they've had a lot of time to to um, play, with play with them and take them apart. You know, it's funny that how, how quickly our um, uh, technology skyrocketed after the Roswell incident in 47. Incredible. You know, right. and there's a book out there called uh, The Day After Roswell by Philip J. Corso. Okay, and he was he was with the military, and he says he's the guy that took the stuff from Roswell and began to dole it out to different companies. He says, and that's where we got um, uh, night vision, and uh, got a couple of the other things. I forget a couple of the other things that he said, and but he took them to like uh, Rockwell, and and then he said he told them that they have to create a, a believable. Um, Oh God! What's the word he used? Um, uh, test that they had that that they had um, developed this themselves, and they had to have that information faked, you know, in case anybody started to look at it. But yeah. he said that's where, and that's where he said a lot of this this technology we have. 
And we did have a really big boost in technology over those years. You know, I mean, look where we went to when it comes to um, our present technology. I mean, we're just going by leaps and bounds ahead. You know, is that a result of some alien technology that we back engineered? I don't think so, but I don't know. And, and nobody knows. And I don't think we ever will until, you know, they end up, you know, like Independence Day showing up in the sky and say, oh, here we are. And he says they almost named him Ben. <laughs> oh, he said he he's he's old enough and has seen the show. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. And Matt, ben. I, I could be I I witty sometimes. <laughs> I had a brother. He was a half wit. Yeah. That's an old joke, but I thought you might get that. Uh, well enough he wasn't a dimwit. Have you ever heard the men of black pull that up? Have ever hear the men in black theory? Basically aliens are here among us living in plain sight, being monitored and controlled by the government, living area, jobs, etc. Yeah, we've heard we've heard a lot of those stories. And again, um Nick Redfern has a book. Out that uh, that talks all about the men in black, and then he put a second one out about women in black. Women in black. Hmm. Yeah. Equal opportunities, huh? Pardon? Equal opportunities, huh? Yes, right. That's your website. Now, you said he mentioned something about zombies in one of his books. One of his books, yeah. He. Uh, it, 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 gives, it gives a thing on the back here of some of the books that he's written. He's written more than 60 books. It's <laughs> just uh, a part-time hobby, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's actually, his, that's his he, job. He drives a forklift. He has a job besides the writing. And one of the things he does is he said, I always have a job as long as I can drive a forklift. That's so what I Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, Zombies, Hollywood Scandal, books. He's Me and my co-founder goes back and forth about zombies. <laughs> But um, you know, I do zombie bar crawls and and you know. Well, I, you know what I hate about the you know what I hate about being a zombie, all the goddamn walking. Jeez, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you never see him drive, do you? No, you don't. You know, and that kind of I said, Ben, I don't want to be a zombie. I don't like to walk that much. <laughs> That's why um, I like doing me, zombie bar crawls. Let us give you Nick's uh, contact. Information oh well, here. his um, his website. He can be contacted. He's got a blog. So it's kind of long though. It's http colon slash slash front forward slash Nick Redfern Fortean F O R T E A N dot blogspot dot com. Well, that was a mouthful. Yeah, <laughs> it certainly was. The nice thing about I don't have to write that down because it's on video. Oh, okay, good. Okay. So I could go back and, and watch this. By the way, guys, if you're not aware of this, this will be on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube to be until the sites decide to take them down. Oh, well, so so I, we could tell people to search the Warren Paranormal, the site that we came to now. Right. I could send you a link. Okay. Um, afterwards, and then you can share it or however you okay, want to do it. Okay, that's good because there were people that wanted, and I don't, not sure whether they 
I don't think they signed in, but so they it can might have they, something might have came up. That's why I like about this is it's broadcasting to all the three sites and I don't have to download it to multiple places or whatnot. Nice. Just one shot, boom, here you go. I like what take, you know, I like the one take and <laughs> uh, Dan, not far from me is a place they call a UFO capital, Dundee, Wisconsin. Hmm. California and Florida are the two big, I don't know why, because yeah, no. it's always got nice weather, you know. Now, Dan mentioned a name a few weeks ago that you guys had mentioned earlier, and for the life of me, I'm not recalling the name. Um, Dan, if you remember, you brought up a famous person in the UFO field a few weeks ago. If you could think about it, drop his name. If you would be so kind, please. And if it's with you guys' permission, I didn't ask. Uh, Anchor is a podcast. What I'm starting to do, and probably with this show tonight as well, is I'm taking the audio off it and putting it on a podcast. Fine. That's okay. No you guys problem. Don't have to do nothing different. This site is wonderful. It lets me uh, strip the audio without the video, and it's just plop it over and done deal. I like easy, convenient, less tech, less better. <laughs> yeah, I see I think I think technology peaked with frozen pizza. Yeah, that's just me. Well, frozen pizza still beats uh Domino's pizza. <laughs> um I've got actually the statistics from May of 2021. Um, in the United States, for instance, we had 751 reports to MUFON. In 21 or 20? In, in, in May of 2021. Just one month. Last month. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Canada was next in the United Kingdom. Um, but uh, it goes all the way down. So these are some of the countries you were saying, countries that had uh, MUFON. Um, Australia, India. Iran, Korea, South Korea, Sweden, Brazil, Slovakia, Poland, <laughs> Denmark, Zimbabwe, 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 Afghanistan. They, all these places have MUFON chapters. Wow. See, um, I didn't realize it was that widespread. Yeah. yeah. So, and last month in May, California had 81 uh, sightings reported. Uh, Florida had 57, Texas 44, Michigan 34, Washington 34, and Pennsylvania had 31. And then it goes wow. down, like Nebraska had two. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know when we they got wide open skies, don't they? Yeah. Well, you know, when we were growing up, uh, when spring and summer would start and a UFO report would come in, and every once in a while you'd get one that would, that would hit your local news. And... Or, or the national news, but they would always say, well, it's the silly season again. Well, <laughs> in reality, what it was, was that it was got warmer and skies cleared and people were outside more. And of course they were outside and they were looking at the stars and the sun and whatever. And so, yeah, that's why the, the, the uh, cases would spike in those climes where, you know, it's clear all the time, basically. Dan, well, Wisconsin had 13 for 13. Dan. They had 13 last month. Now, 
one thing that amazes me it's silly fireworks season going on around here. Oh, yeah. Here, too. <laughs> but uh, the thing that gets me is if this would be the 80s and the stuff would be coming out, it'd be national news and all over the place. People would be out watching the skies. And, you know, nowadays they mention, oh, the government's going to release information. And people are like, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 It, it, well, you know, that's one of the things probably that, that um, maybe – powers that be who want to release this stuff are looking at whether or not it's going to panic anybody or whether they're just going to go, eh. you know, um, it's hard to know when, when people that are running these government programs, exactly what they're thinking. It's, it's right. incredible. That, you know, you just look at it and go, what are they talking about? What are they thinking? Now I have a feeling that this is not true. <laughs> What's that? Uh, you just Matt. lost a subscriber because <laughs> I brought so up how much better frozen pizza. I brought up how much frozen pizza is better than Domino's. <laughs> oh, oh, that's wrong. <laughs> that's what that's about. Yeah, <laughs> he he's not gonna give me give up being around <laughs> that easy. He still wants me around for next Friday. I'll definitely get you connected with him so you okay, guys should sure. uh, as a matter of fact if you ever want us back on the program again, just you know you ask us and we'd be glad to come on. Oh, I definitely I mean definitely will have you guys back on. Since I mean you're offering, I'm gonna take advantage of it. That's for sure. <laughs> and uh, I will definitely reach out to these other people um that you mentioned, Nick and Stan. Yeah, yeah Gordon, I mentioned, right? mentioned our names too. Okay, you said Gordon, not Norton. I have it written down as Norton. Gordon, G O R D O N. <laughs> I don't know where I got Norton from, so I'll scratch that off and get that right. And uh, I think we'll wrap it up if that's okay. Yeah, um, my medicine is wearing off, and, and I'm starting to get a little spacey. And but uh, any last advice you could give people? Um, keep watching the skies. Keep watching the skies. Yes. We can quote an old movie. And if you do see something, please report it. Nothing is too impractical to report. There go our fireworks too. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's dark out now or getting darker, so everybody's yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind it so much this time of year, but we have this little island out back in the river. And mm -hmm. uh, and it seems like all summer, people canoe down and camp back there. And next thing you know, fireworks going off. And it's like, you know, I understand it's your weekend, it's your vacation or whatever. I understand that. But I got work at four in the morning, you know. Exactly. <laughs> so we're, we're retired. We, we really feel for you. No, we don't. Not really. But we just want <laughs> like to say that. You don't, you don't want to get up at three in the morning so you can make no. it to work on time? Oh, no, 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 no. No. That's my typical work day and oh, no. weekday. Yeah. Uh, that's why I was mentioning Kathleen. I'll answer texts a lot quicker than I will phone calls because I'm either driving or. You know, you know we had a case of a truck driver who started oh, out. On save it for the next. Yeah, time. we'll save it for the next. We'll time. save it for the next. Time. Time. There you go. I'll have to so, pull it out to, yeah, to yeah. refresh our memory of it. Sounds good, guys. And I appreciate you. Um, just sent a link to you, Scott. 
Yeah, and thank, thank all of you people that, that you know, ask questions and, and we're listening out there. I hope you had a big audience tonight. Uh, yeah, a fairly good size. I've noticed lately that the numbers aren't matching up on what they show me, so I don't even pay attention to that anymore because... Okay. Well, we passed the word among all of our friends and... and um, uh, I, Nick put it on his Nick Redfern put it on his website. Stan oh. Gordon doesn't have a Facebook page, but he did say that he was going to uh, contact people to come and listen to the show. So awesome! Uh, and I, I will definitely send the link to you guys so you can okay. more, and if you guys want to rewatch it or whatever, however that works. That okay. I mean, that's what I like about this is it's far-reaching. Like um, the video is, it'll be on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And now with the podcast, I mean, I'm linked up to six different sites like Google, um, Spotify, and Apple, and a couple others. So, I mean, who knows how, how far that'll reach. So, right. hopefully, uh, if you guys will say your email out loud again and your names. So, if people are listening to this, they will. Um, Kathleen and Fred Lane. And email is M-T-N-E-S-T. Seven eight at aol.com. That way, if people are listening to it on a podcast, they won't see it going down the cross. Okay. They could, they know how to contact you, and uh, I'll try to leave links wherever I can. Okay. So and look well, thanks for to, having you know, us. It, it was, was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, yeah, and it was great and informative. Great yeah, it was great meeting you, and it was great meeting. Uh, um, is it Matt? No, Matt. 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 Yeah. Matt and Dan. Dan, yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody though. Yeah, glad. we're glad you, we're glad you come. We, we hope you had a good time and you hope, hope you, you learned, learned something, something and more. found something interesting at least. Yeah, they learned not ever to have us on the air. That's what they learned. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I have a feeling you guys will be reoccurring guests. That, okay. As long as you guys keep happening, you know, I'll keep sending the invite. Um, and I appreciate you guys' time and and I definitely had a lot of fun. That's for sure. Uh, well, thank you very much for having us. Yes, and I wish I was a little nice more. I wish I was a little more clear-headed, so I could have been more. Well, I thought you did a great job. I, I, I thought you, you, did asked, a you wonderful had some, job. You asked some pertinent questions. I thought yes. you did a great job. Well, thank you. I, hopefully, I asked things that you haven't heard before and made you think of a few different things. Yep, <laughs> definitely good. Yes, I think Sorry. the dog needs let out. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Well, thank you very much, and you all thank enjoy you. the rest of your weekend. Thanks, thank you, you too. too. Bye now. Bye-bye. Well, that's it, guys. You heard it. Another fun Saturday night. Um, this time, a little different with the Mutual UFO Network, Fred and Kathleen. Um, all their information you've seen throughout the show. Um, wow, I learned quite a bit. Stuff that I haven't heard before and a couple things I've heard of it but um, was given new information on so that was really awesome um, so with that being said it's time for me to take my cold medicine and probably go to bed here before long if the fireworks let up Matt, Dan and everybody else that joined in really appreciate it um, with that I am out of things to say so uh, I know I plan on being on Matt's show. I'll try to get the link set up um, next Friday. I'm not exactly sure the time 
I believe he goes on normally around 9 o'clock at night, so it should be somewhere around there. Um, I'll definitely get the information out for you guys to, to uh, so you can tune in and ask questions and such. Um, so with that, have a great weekend, and I will talk to you all soon. Thank you.